At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. The center has to be at least three times bigger than this. All right, it's another edition of Sincerely Unqualified. Today we have some new movies to talk about. Uh, we have Borat 2, and we're we're going to throw in a little little special for you. A little, little Hubie Halloween. You know, the people were asking for it, so we had to, we had to get demanding it. Demanding right. it. Absolutely demanding it. <laughs> I mean, this listen. Thing. So uh, a little tidbit. What we're going to do is we're going to directly rip off Billy on the Street. We're going to condense a lot into 90 seconds, maybe two minutes. We'll, we'll decide when we get there. But this movie, I would say it's self-aware. It mm-hmm. knows it's not a good movie. It's just Adam Sandler cashing it in, being like, you know what? Hanging out with my friends. That's what we're doing. That's what's happening. And that's fine. Look, when you have a nine-movie deal with Netflix, wasn't it nine? Nine movies? Uh, yeah, I think so. So something when you have something a nine- crazy. An absurd amount of movies. Like for anybody, if you are 23 years old and somebody said, you're going to write nine movies, that seems crazy. Let's uh, just lay it on the line. For him to have however many kids he has to be at the point of life that he's in and for somebody to say, you're going to write nine movies for us and you're going to direct them and you're going to act in them and you're going to do them. I feel like that's absurd for anybody and you got to phone some in. Like you're going to phone some in. You have to. I mean, like, look, especially a lot of people think that he got robbed from the uh, from the Oscar. And I might be one of those people. You might not Uh, be one of those people. Right. I'm definitely not one of those people. I wouldn't say I I am one of those people. And I'm just going to be honest. Like, look, I watched the movie, thought it was a good movie. Little not confused where it was going throughout. I thought it was a lot of anxiety riddled. Oh, it was insane. I mean, look, if you're prone to having anxiety attacks, I would recommend definitely not watching this movie unless you don't watch that full Xanax with you because it's this thing is just pure anxiety throughout. Now, I'm not going to say that his acting wasn't different. It wasn't good. Like I'm saying it, it was good for it was very different from what he's done. Is it Oscar worthy? Am I going to compare it to like a Joaquin Phoenix Joker? No. Can you say his name for me again? Joaquin. Joaquin. Isn't that how you say it? Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, it's it's Joaquin Phoenix for sure. Yeah, it's Joaquin. But you threw some stank on that Joaquin. You got to throw a little bit of flair onto it. You got to toss a little bit of seasoning. Just in case he's listening. Just in case he's listening. Yeah. Like we're big fans. I, we're I'd big fans. rather say it correctly than not say it correctly. Like how, how you say Borat. Like, let's hear it one time before okay, we get into you ready? it. I even thought let's about this it. before. I didn't say uh-huh. it out loud. So this is going to be the first one from brain to, to mouth. You ready? Uh-huh. Borat. It really, it's almost like you're kind of dry heaving when you say it that's what it's you, like that, really that's a how you guttural told me to say thing it. for you you said i know you said because basically that's how you say, say bored it. bored yep bored 
Borat. 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 Yes, that's how you say it. Congratulations. We're no longer hearing Borat. Borat. It sounds like you're in the green berets when you say it. We did a full podcast on the original Borat. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to do a full podcast. Well, basically a full podcast on the second one. So official title, Borat, subsequent Mm -hmm. movie film. Funny Borat thing, you know. Hey, yeah. let's let's make a fun title. Um, yeah. I'm calling it Borat Two. Honestly, I that's way easier to do. It's way easier yeah. than saying the whole yeah. title. That's because a lot of you're, you're almost it's almost drawing you in to say it with an accent. Yeah, like that's a good point. Title it. Oh, that's yeah. Movie film. They're leading you into saying it with yeah. an accent. They want you, you to do it. Look, I know you're a big. Let's do the accent guy. Do you want to get one out of the way right now? No. Do you no, want to really, say the name in the? No. Do it. Come I, on. Do it. No. For, no. Do it for no, the people. I really want. <laughs> I really Just want one. to avoid it at all costs. Just one. Because somebody's Borat can make or break your impression of that person immediately. Immediately. Well, I know you did so it like many people. three times on the original one. Just don't listen to two episodes ago. <laughs> it's just. It's just a habit. I mean, I can't. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to break into it. And as we go through, maybe I'll do it once, but I can't break yeah, into it right away because somebody's going to be like, I can't do it. I can't listen to this anymore. Just because he yeah. said it. Yeah. We don't I can't do that, do that to anybody. That. I can't, you know, cast away our viewer, our listeners like that. No, I, I appreciate that. But no, so you were talking about anxiety and let's just get something, you know, for, for people that know us a little, little insight into our lives. I would say that we had one of the most anxiety ridden football weekends that you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. So I am a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. You are a fan of the New York football giants. Started off and on Thursday. if that game didn't go back and forth all the way to the end, Eagles came out on top. Let's just breeze Trip by date. that because there was a sprinkler look, in the turf. Sure. Yeah. Nope. Oh, was, uh, was one of did one of the cats come yes. from the Meadowlands and trip someone? It was actually um, he heard the ho- the horn from the boat. Remember the boat photo? So that boat is still OBJ? out there lurking. Oh, the OBJ Florida. Boat oh, okay, photo. yeah, yeah. That boat is out there lurking, and he heard the horn, and that's the Giants' curse. That boat photo. I feel like there's a tweet did, every single week. Yeah, Giants did the boat thirty six. Did the cat, or was the cat on that boat? OBJ, OBJ brought the cat in, and now mm-hmm. the cat is sabotaging the Giants because OBJ is on the Browns now. Is, is that yes, happening? absolutely. That was the, okay. his hex okay. on the Giants organization, was he left a black cat in there, and we were supposed to find him. He not, see, wait, wait, wait. He not only cursed the Giants, but by leaving it at MetLife, he cursed the Jets as well. And that's why both teams are poopy. Are well, absolute dude. <laughs> look, look, for as bad as all of the teams in the NFC East are, including the Giants, the Jets are their next level horrible. bad. Next it's level the Jets bad. and the NFCs. I people have made that joke, I know. Like it's yeah. it's the Jets and NFCs, like they're their own thing, but my God, are they their own thing? The Jets are fucking bad, man. The but Jets, I'm sorry. So we, we survived. Well, I survived. That. You survived that. I had the worst day of my life on Thursday. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be Worst day of We're your watch. life. No, let's not go that it far. Was it was a regular <laughs> season game against a 1-4-1 one, one team. It was for first place in the division, sir. 
And then we fast forward to Saturday where we thought it was going to be an absolute, you know, route of Indiana. Okay, hang on. Absolute we did not. route. Yeah, we, we did. did not. No, we did not. We thought it was going to be a decent game. I thought it was going to be a decent game. I did too, but I wanted it to be a route. And then, you know what happened? Yeah, everyone wants it to be a route. When you go, but Indiana's a good football team. They're not your grandfather's Indiana. Yeah, and then that last play, we're gonna. I'm just gonna say it right now. That wasn't a touchdown. That wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I fully, fully convinced myself that was not a touchdown. So for those listening, Check somehow, if you Check didn't see it, um, went back and forth. Penn State came from behind, basically, ended up going back a two point conversion in overtime. The closest call you can get. Penn State loses. They, they called a successful two-point conversion on the field. Matt and I both are true Penn Staters. We're both big fans. Uh, ripped our hearts out. Ripped our hearts ruined out before my, uh, my Ohio State could rip our hearts out yep. next weekend. Because that Look, was expected. I wanted the, and we knew that was I wanted the opportunity. Or we knew, we I know wanted, it's going to happen. Yeah. But I wanted yeah. that opportunity, and Indiana took that away from me. To hold out hope and say, this is our year. Every year, it's this is our year until we play Ohio State and or Michigan. Now it's oh. not our year. My fall is ruined. My fall is ruined. Yeah. Well, but they then even like, like so. QB Halloween. <laughs> this season <laughs> is equitable Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. That game, at least. I mean, it comes back. I'm telling you three quarters of the way it comes back. There's a little bit in there that you're like, Oh, that's kind of funny. And then something happens yeah. right afterwards. And you're just like, Oh, should have guessed. Yeah. But, Honestly, even moving on to Sunday, one of the most so I thought that that Penn State Indiana game was one of the most dramatic football games, college football games yeah. I remember in the last while. But mm-hmm. that Sunday night football game we just had, I mean, the Seahawks and Cardinals that was insane. Another was overtime game, game just yeah. I mean, like I had no skin in the game. Didn't bet the nope. game at all. Was just watching it, but my heart was even racing during overtime. I mean, like, oh, yeah. I had no clue what was happening. I was in it. I was in it. And the Seahawks. I mean, everyone says you can't have a normal Seahawks game. They should play every single Sunday night and just have that be the whole season. Like, CC Barstool Big Cat. Exactly. See, Beaver. like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, I'm pretty sure that was a direct quote from him. No, no, but you're right. I'm I mean, saying. Like, I, that's why I said some people say it because I wholeheartedly yeah. agree that the most interesting game, like next week, what do we have? We have the Giants. Oh, no, that's Monday. The Giants playing the Bucks. Let's just throw in the towel already. We're going one and seven. Let's call it a day. Okay. One yeah, and six, one and seven. It's that might be, be tough for the New York football Giants. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's going to be bad. It's going to be a bad day for Giants fans. Let's just say that much. The, the Bucks can put up. However many points, what was it, 45 on the Raiders, who are actually a good team? It's going to be bad. But this weekend, apart from tearing my heart out multiple times, I also got my heart put back in by Sasha Barrico. A little bit. A little bit. Just a little healing is all that was needed. So, like, I, we, we posted the thing last night. Um, if you mm-hmm. saw it on Instagram, we said – or it was a clip from the original episode basically saying, okay, is it going to be too political? Is it going to be so-and-so? Uh, I posted – after I watched, I posted an Instagram story. Again, you might not have seen it, but it was the, the uh, SpongeBob meme. He doesn't miss. 
I think, and we can get right in. Let's get right into flick takes. Yeah, so let's. We decided this is going to be a no spoiler part of the podcast. So if you haven't seen Bo- Borat two yet, you almost did it. Borat you jumped right back into Bo-rat. it. Borat. So Bo-rat. if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, yeah, this is we're not going to ruin it. Yeah, we're going to try not to ruin it. We're not going to um, take away your fun because it's fun. It's a fun watch. Yeah, I'm going to be we'll, honest. We'll just have some general discussion here. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I think that that's that's the burning question when you yeah. uh, honestly with any sequel when you look at Borat one and two, mm-hmm. Matt, what do you think is better? What what do we think is better here? So here's the issue. So there's a lot of different sequels that are you can judge them one versus two. So you can take something like a Zombieland one and then a Zombieland two. And you can compare, mm-hmm. you can contrast, you can say, what do they do better? What do they do worse? You can say, you know, with a lot of sequels, you can even take, let's take Lord of the Rings, all that, all that stuff. Sequel might the be trilogy. better. Yeah, you might, you know, there's a lot of varying opinions on that. With Borat, I feel like it's apples and oranges because of what he's doing. Do so you what really? he's doing is, I really do. I feel like you... You can compare them in a sense of, did he do this well? Did he, you know, execute the same way that he did in the first one? But let's take a, a you know, wider view. Of it. Because yeah. what he was doing in the first one was completely unheard of. You know, nobody had really done that. Nobody had gone so deep into character. I mean, he had before because he's gone into Ali G and all that. Right. But nobody right, right. had gone so deep and basically fooled the entirety of the American public, whoever he interacted with, that he was genuinely this person. Yeah. We jumped to the second one and he's still trying to do that, but there's got to be this outlet. There's got to be, because people know the gist of it because Borat was such a, a sensation and it was such a cultural, culturally like relevant movie. It's so mm-hmm. embedded in the culture of movies and comedy movies and everything. He had to take a different route. And with other sequels, you kind of, fly off the first one's bootstraps, which you're doing in this one, but you, he had to take such a different route because it's real people. He had to kind of address that, that look, a lot of people are going to know me. How do we kind of work around this? How do we go from here and work around this? So he did bring in the daughter. He did bring in this. He brought in disguises. Yeah. Okay. That's why I feel like it's so different. Like you can't really compare it because were you to have Borat being Borat, for the first one and the second one and people still being oblivious to who he is, that'd be incredible. But you right. can't have that because he's still trying to interact with the general public rather than like a scripted cast. Right. And I guess, I guess that's what I thought you might've been getting at. So I, I think fundamentally what he's doing is the same thing. I think it's just mm-hmm. a different time period. So I yeah. think he's trying to go into the, depths of the United States of America and oh. uncover things just being like not even like an investigative journalist or anything just being like hey you know that this is a thing like you know that these people exist here yeah. it is in your face like this does exist these are how these people think get a quick view and I think that he did the same thing in the first one and the second one with that but you're right so we talked about it in the original one and we were like oh, I, how is how is anyone going to get fooled and then yeah so people still do I mean and right well but also this isn't really a spoiler I mean 
it, yeah. every now and then he is the character of Borat, but also a lot of the time he's Borat like in disguise. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's an easy plot device. And then also super interesting that he, ha- not super interesting, but you have to, you need, it can't all be Sasha Baron Cohen because yeah. of the fact that it was so popular in the first one. So exactly. you have this up and coming, well, I would say up and coming star because she's well, fantastic yeah. in it. But absolutely. Um, that, so you need a co-star. And like, I think mm-hmm. she, it was in the, uh, it was in the trailer, but wasn't even in the movie. Again, not a spoiler that the uh, woman on the car thing, like bears yeah. and bears and men are only allowed in cars or something. Yeah. And I really think that that's something that's, interesting to see just convention wise being like okay well we know we can't do this so we need a co-star and that's that's the way it's gonna have to work yeah and i think it was incredibly smart incredibly smart for him to pick somebody that nobody in the u.s has really heard of because had he picked even a slightly let's say like f-list american actress there'd mm-hmm. be a percentage of the population like a very small percentage who would be taken out of the movie because they're like that's still her you know like yeah well also like they would be tipped off by it because exactly like, how, how would <laughs> how do you keep this under wraps that there's going to be like it, it's easy if it's just asha barrett going right but like yeah. when you have a co-star how do you keep that under wraps yeah, especially if it's a big time release like the sequel to this movie. Yeah, I mean, sixteen years later, we never. Th- I mean, we. I guess we didn't think about the fact that we would get one, but no, we got one. And um, you know, and uh, I would say moving on to the next point, I think another big question is: is it too political? Because obviously, it's an election year. Obviously, Sasha yep. Baron Cohen has his clear lean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think you have to look at it in two questions with this. And I think you can just say, is it too political? And I think that's a very personal thing. Like, do you, do you like that? It's political. Do you like that? It's not. Um, but then like, aren't, isn't that kind of the point? That's that, absolutely the point. Right. And that's like, what we're, he so wanted to do, he's testing the boundaries. He's exactly mm-hmm. like, exactly. So literally a new story that came out today, this Monday, um, so Donald Trump saw all of this stuff and said that he was a creep and a phony or something like that. I don't find him funny. Um, wherever you land on Trump, that's what he said. I mean, it's just that was the tweet or whatever, the, the news article. Um, but so Sasha Baron Cohen like comes back saying, OK, you, well, you'll need a job when the election's over, all this stuff. Like, so it, it's very clear. Yeah. It's in your face. There's no doubt about it. Wherever you lie, though you know that's what's happening. Like, that's what he did in the yeah. first one. He he leaned a certain way. Whether you like it or not, that's comedy. Like, this is pure comedy. This is like a stand-up set in one of the most innovative and thoughtful movies you can think of. Oh, yeah. Just everything they do is so well-planned out, even with the, the interactions with real people. I mean, clearly everything is so well thought out, how they mm-hmm. approach the situations. They had, I guarantee they had like a basic script, whether it's a script or whether it's follow this path and really drive it home. 
Yeah, and they do. I mean, they have screenwriters and like all that stuff. Yeah. So they, they have the script, and then um, we'll we'll probably touch on it a good bit during our uh, fact section. But I mean, so there are some things that are obviously scripted to progress the plot, and then a lot that's hidden. Not hidden camera this time. I actually, I'm not even sure if there was any hidden camera this time. I think all of it was fake documentary. Yeah, which I, I think- was a difference between the first one and the uh, second one. I think they kind of veered away from the the hidden camera. I mean, whether it was that or whether it was, you know, maybe the hidden camera's quality is just so much better than it was in 2006. You know, maybe, cause, but because you could I, tell what was trying to be hidden camera, like the subway scene in the first one, obviously hidden camera. Like you could tell right. by the graininess right. and like the real situation. There might have been some situations where it's hidden camera, you know, maybe like the I don't even think actually when she went into the Republican women's convention. No, I, so I think think that that was even documentary. Yeah. I think that's why they were so welcoming. And right. And I think that a lot of what it is, is because of this political lean. I think that they're trying to tell a narrative so that Mm -hmm. they're, you know, I honestly, when you think about the fact that everything was supposed to be for this Kazakh documentary or actually a lot of the time Russian, again, we'll touch on it later. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that that honestly put together for more of a cohesive movie, like yeah. the original bar at itself. Well, OK, I, I, I don't think I even directly said it. I think that the original one was better. I think that's a common thing for sequels. Yeah. yeah I, again, I, I think you're right. I think they're very different. Yeah, but I think that's almost a thing like, you know, no hidden camera. It's all this is the way it is. We're progressing a plot. We're making a clear point and it's it serves a different purpose. You know, yeah, but it's a vehicle for Sasha Baron Cohen to make a point, which he loves doing. He's he loves making a like he's he's an activist comedian. And for anyone to watch it and be like, I guess, put off by that or I I honestly I don't think it's of anyone's fault. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's someone's fault for being like, I don't really want to watch that. I get all this stuff just because think about 16 years ago. I mean, Twitter wasn't as active. Not everyone had their Was Twitter even a thing back then? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it wasn't like it is, like anything like it is now. But it's a monster. I think, yeah. So I think basically the thing is like, everyone's exhausted because we have these so strong political, like political opinions now. And I think it's just in everyone's face all the time. But when you look at how comedy has been in the last, I don't know, like forever. Yeah. Like <laughs> but like comedy as a whole, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to make like, this is a genuinely funny movie. Yeah. Oh. And a statement's made. That's, I mean, you can make a, well, well, most, some standups, they just go up and be funny, you know, and that's, yeah. that's fine. But there are certain standups and certain comedians who make movies like Sasha Baron Cohen, that their whole point is to make a statement in a really funny way. And I think that's what this movie does extremely successfully. So oh, absolutely. That's where I go to the SpongeBob. Yeah. Movie. Like, he, like he doesn't miss, yeah. like he does he what he wants in an incredible way. Well, he's evolved too over the years. Like he himself has gotten way better at what he's doing, way better in honing in and bringing everything home. Like he can do what he did in 2006 now in a way more concise manner, kind of bring more stuff into it and bring 
not bring the message more to the front, but he's he's so good at executing and just hammering it home. Yeah, and just but and you're right. Short- it, is, it is a little more front loaded. I, th- I think you're yeah. right with that. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think that it's more, and I think that might be like why people. I, I saw some like Instagram comments or something. Just I, I wanted to see what the generals like. Some Chanel people were just like, was. no, yeah. But <laughs> the uh, the generals, I think, just perception. At least maybe the the way this one account was leaning was just like. Yeah. Some people were like, yeah, no, funny. Like, at least for a sequel, I think people that looked past it and just saw it for what it was. But then I think a lot of people were just like, no, nah, too political, took me out of it, which I understand. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, like, I bet the first one too. I mean, the first right, one. Exactly. It's first one's so political. I don't see how that gets overlooked. It's political, like- but it's not going out of polarized political candidate, which is the fundamental yeah. difference. Like the the first one's political, absolutely. It it talks about some parts of the country, but it's yeah. not saying, okay, this is a problem. This candidate's a problem. Let's not mm-hmm. reelect him, which well, is a is much stronger the- stance politically. I'd say it's aimed at the same part of the country. They kind of hone in on yeah. on one part no of the country very hard. It's not like, I mean, he was in New York and LA for a part of the other one, but I feel like a lot of the main stuff is, is geared toward a specific region of the country, which yeah. I mean, he he's, it's almost his second home at this point. Also what I think is really <laughs> funny is it goes back to Ali G like his relationship with Trump I wouldn't call it a relationship, but you know, his, his you know, not obsession. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call yeah. it obsession. I'd call it his rapport with Trump goes yeah. back to Ali G when he interviewed him. Trump was having none of it. He was having a great time. Flash forward to 2006. He goes and takes a dump in front of the Trump tower. That's mentioned in, you know, the opening of the next one. He literally yeah. clipped it. I mean, he goes, I did the, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. He's ah, just, I knew it, I, did it. I knew I it, I was waiting it. for it. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. But uh, yeah, he clipped it and he put it in the beginning. And then, you know, this, it's been like a 20 year relationship of this guy. These two basically having this, <laughs> this petty fight. I feel like it's very one-sided, but it's just going at not. I mean, what what can you say to Sasha Baron Cohen when he releases a feature length film all about <laughs> disliking you? That's just witty and hilarious. <laughs> like I mean, nothing. He's fighting for behind. Honestly, you'd think that it's almost appreciated, right? Like in my mind, if somebody goes to this length to kind of like make fun of something that doesn't, I mean, it obviously yeah. directly has to do with me. But if somebody's going that far, it's almost fucking hilarious i bet i honestly especially like and again like not again because i actually don't think we said this um i'm staying very apolitical about this whole thing i i'm just trying to make comments about the movie and just like obviously hitting nails in the head the elephants in the room all that stuff um i'm trying to stay as neutral as possible because honestly i I lean right down the middle but like knowing knowing trump i feel like he absolutely, I bet he takes it as like a compliment, but also because he gets so much shit all the time. Yeah. That it's just like, this is like a blip on his radar. Like if this was made, if someone well, made a feature length movie that yeah. got released on Amazon about us, we would be like, that like it, it changes is, your whole life to Trump. Yeah. It's like, Oh, here's another person. 
Like, you say, another, I, like another thing the, I have to deal with <laughs> the amount of books and movies and all that, blah, 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 that yeah. he he's inundated with day in and day out. I feel like he looks at this and he's like, Oh, I know. I actually know the name of the dude who made this one. Cool. And then just goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he doesn't think he's funny though. Said he doesn't think it's funny, but see, you know. I think that's, I don't think that's true. I think, I think, I don't, I don't think it's true. It's funny. I think Loki <laughs> understands, but I also there's the fact up. of like when Trump got roasted, there was a like behind the scenes of like he hated, he hated. When yeah, he had I a mean, Comedy it. Central roast, he hated it. See, a lot of people, a lot of people think that they're going to be okay with it, and then they're Amazing. not with those with those roasts. I mean, well, because then you have sense, like a right? Nikki Glazer coming in, who you know, let's let's say it, like she probably doesn't know these people all too well. She comes in and destroys. I love Dickie. Dis- I mean, she's yeah. so good. She's so good. Like yeah. her, Jeff Ross, those two <laughs> killers coming at you. Like you're not safe. Nothing you've ever done in your entire life is safe when they're up there. And that's and how it's supposed to be. Some it can't people feel good. Well, <laughs> honestly, let's look at it this way. It's probably safe to say that like most normal people, like most people cannot take that. And I think that's, oh. that's the norm. The people that can take it are the, you know, oddballs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> They're laughing at all. I, I guaranteed like a Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe got roasted. He's like, this is amazing. And then the next day he goes to the Super Bowl. Where's his NFL hat? He's like, oh, dude, I love life. Maybe, maybe. No, I'm saying the really hardened people. You think Rob Lowe types would? Oh, Rob Lowe definitely laughed it all off. He's like, I'm fucking Rob Lowe. You think any? Yeah, true. true. When you're that hot, like (laughs) you're just like the best looking person in the world. You're just like literally okay for 30 years straight. He's just like the America's top model on steroids. He's like, what are you gonna say to me that hurts? No, nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Uh, but, geez, yeah, but. I mean, I, I don't think I do think that the movie is political. I think that's the point. I don't think it's too political because that's the point. That's what he was going for. I don't think I you agree. can be and too it, political in a movie like this. Right. So I think it's a very personal thing. I think me and you yeah. kind of look at it for what it is. You know, um, we both have a huge interest in comedy and we both like, you know, it, I, I love when a comedian just gets up there, doesn't have a point at all. It's just straight up funny. And yeah. I think stand-up's a pretty good way to do that. Obviously, in a movie, you need to make some sort of statement, even if it's like a yeah. rom-com, you know, whatever. Look, this clearly isn't a rom-com. You knew what was coming. I yeah. I personally still think, and if, if we still have listeners that haven't listened to it yet, we, we're about to get into our facts section. We're still yeah. spoiler-free. Um, it's so worth a watch. If, if oh, you, absolutely. even if you're a huge Trump supporter, if you're not like, it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. It's so worth a watch just because what he's able to do still is one of the most impressive feats in comedy and movie making. Oh yeah. I, I honestly like, I'm just sitting there shocked because so, the, the other really funny thing, just, just real quick. Yeah. Um, so I was watching it with my fiance, the fitness instructor who has seen the first one a few times. We actually just rewatched it together. Normally when we rewatch these movies, I rewatch them with her or I guess for this one, just watch. And she was like, I, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Like there, this is going to change a lot. And I'm like, you know, he's done this like 17 times in the yeah. past, right? <laughs> like this is his thing. This is what, this he, is does. what he does. And it's just, it just goes to show like, like I again, I, I just said this because literally, but that's the only phrase I could think of is he doesn't miss. And then I thought yeah. of SpongeBob meme, but like the 
I just think he doesn't miss. And this is like very direct, very like he always leans a certain way. Mm -hmm. I think it's done extremely well. And I think that Mm -hmm. you kind of, I bet you can tell where you lie, even if you don't realize it, if you're like, no, this is too much. Like just yeah, no, you you know you know if you have any bit of introspective kind of nature to you and you watch this, you'll know where you are. You'll know where you are. No doubt about that. The one person that I will relate Sasha Baron Cohen to in his field. So Sasha Baron Cohen is to these kind of movies and this style of comedy as Dave Chappelle is. Oh, I mean. Just so, especially yeah, stand up top of their game, always bringing it home, like always have a message, but like you don't necessarily know where it's going at first, but then you're like, holy Mm -hmm. shit! Dave Chappelle does that in front of seven people. He does that in front of seventy thousand people. Sasha Baron Cohen does it on like whether it's TV, whether it's movies. Like these two are just icons where they are and they're both so good at keeping your attention no matter where you are and driving this message home and making it fucking hilarious no yeah i mean i i absolutely agree like i think it's very safe to say that dave Chappelle is the stand-up version of sasha baron cohen to movies oh yeah like it they both are so good and like so I haven't listened to too much old comedy, which I should. I know that they're the greats. Um, I've heard George Carlin's the same way. Like, oh, he's always a message to say. And I've heard a little bit, but um, I'm just saying in terms of our generation, like who I can think of, Chappelle Chappelle. never misses. I mean, like even his, um, his recent special was barely comedy. And at least like, you know, it was funny, but also he's just such a compelling speaker. Yeah, this this one is Look, like I mean, this one meaning this speech. this movie is hilarious. Yeah, it's just it's just incredible. Chappelle's acceptance speech for that award, like the comedy award, I forget the name, but even the Mark the acceptance Twain speech, I think, yeah. Right. So you look at that and you're like, he's kind of doing stand up, but also just accepting an award, and you can't take your eyes off it for thirty minutes. Yeah, one of the one of the the greats, honestly, and that's the same with this because no matter. Like where you are in this movie, you're going to keep watching. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too, is like when you look at this, this style, this genre, whatever you want to call it, this, this specific type of movie. One, I don't think anyone does what he does truly. Like, you know, Eric Andre does Eric Andre. Like, yeah. I, yeah. He does his like hidden camera stuff, but like, yeah, Eric Andre is Eric Andre, Sasha Barrett Cohen, Sasha Barrett Cohen. He's so Eric saying, Andre like, doesn't have a message. He just puts on Fruit Loops on a costume and pours milk on himself. And yeah. so just said, my body Eric is Andre, communion. His stand up has a message. Like, he, he had some good stand up, but like, yeah. generally, like his show and all that stuff, it was to have a good time. He does like outing people for like ridiculous notions oh, yeah. or whatever, but like, what I'm saying is like no one makes feature length movies and they're just, they yeah. hit. And like, that's, so I think in terms of that, he's, he's the best. He's the I, guy. I, I mean, there's, there's anywhere. I don't think there's anybody even close. There's nobody who even is like, I couldn't name a second place. No, absolutely not. Absolutely Which is not. Crazy. You literally, so you invented this category and then you run it for 20 years. That's, Oh yeah. That's to, to be doing it now is crazy. But um, 
moving on, we I think that's about all we could say without going specifically spoiler because we do want to talk about some of the cool things that are involved in the movie. Obviously, oh, yeah. it's very new, so you know, like old movies, we can't really like talk about the truly behind the scenes stuff, but. Uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of like yeah. a movie companion, just just some interesting stuff for you to think about when you watch the movie or have watched the movie. I yeah. think it should be pretty interesting thing or pretty interesting to you. So, you know, talking about all the political stuff, one that actually I remember coming out around June when he uh, when he filmed it was that whole Trump scene or the whole Mike Pence scene when he brings in his daughter, just he's dressed as Trump he has her flung over his back and um i that one was so funny and that's one that you would expect to have like bigger headlines about it especially the time we're in now but that's one that you think like that is his probably you know first one he snatches up pamela anderson and you're like holy shit like how did he get away with that this one it's like you're messing around with secret service. You're messing around with private service. You're like private security. You're messing around with all types of stuff. Like how do you get away with that? Oh, did you hear about the microphone that he had in there? The microphone. Oh, so wait to get in. So (laughs) they were, Oh yeah. They were doing an interview. And um, so he was saying like to get through security, (laughs) he had his microphone on. And so it goes Mm -hmm. obviously right here. And then there's a part on your waist. So he's going through, they're scanning him with the uh, metal detector. They get something right here, and he didn't know what to say. He's like, oh, it's my pacemaker. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay. And then or defibrillator. Yeah, like, yeah, like pacemaker and defibrillator yeah. kind of thing. Keep scanning down to his waist, and it beeps again. And they're like, what is that? And then he pauses. He's like, oh, I don't know what to say. And then one other guy, one security guy goes, oh, yeah, that's the wire for the pacemaker, right? And he's like, yeah. And they just let him in. Just that's just like divine in. intervention. Like that's yeah. divine intervention that's from the comedy gods. Straight meant to be. Like how <laughs> did that happen? Some security guy's like, no, no, no. That's the, that's the wire. Well, yeah. So that he was, when he got in then, he was like so sketched out and he had so much time until Pence was actually speaking. The guy literally just sat in a bathroom for five hours and was just like, because I mean, obviously, again, very liberal. He's just, it was like, all I heard for five hours was conservative men going to the bathroom, like talking. <laughs> so like, he's just sitting there for five hours in his costume and his prosthetics. Just, I mean, dedication to the craft because okay. he's pulling off one of his craziest stunts. And to wear the Ku Klux Klan stuff in. Insane. I like, that is the most out of the two movies. I think the most unbelievable thing to me was him, seeing him in a clan outfit walking into the bathroom. Okay, well, there's that. What do you think is more insane? I think there's that, which is insane for what it is, and then I think there's the other thing where he dresses up to go inside the temple to meet the Holocaust survivor and dresses yeah. up as the the Jew. That so was I think insane. That that was like breathtaking. Like that the yeah. fact that he did that and I, I could but not he, believe yeah. it. And then I realized 
like those people and i i bet both of those women were very loving people as it is yeah but they were like fantastic people oh, but yeah. i think when you see someone like that like your reaction isn't i'm gonna be angry at this i think your reaction is okay something's up here yeah like, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. also because the cameras were with him um yeah and like he knew it so um i i think that they probably did but yeah. something that i really like and obviously so um if you listen to our first one or you just know him at all. So Sasha Baron Cohen himself is Jewish. And the reason that he made that scene is because he wanted to shed some light to the fact that like people were actually Holocaust deniers. So in just unfathomable. How How is that possible? But But, so honestly, something that's really funny in the movie is that his whole world shatters. He wants to like commit suicide because his heroes that started the Holocaust, like uh, his daughter has a Facebook and shows him that it was fake. And then so he rolls into the synagogue. Also, the most this is another one that I was like, like mouth dropped to the floor when he said it. The, The line was something about. I wanted so I wanted to kill myself, so I went to a Jewish synagogue. Oh my God! Wait, I wrote it down. Yeah, yeah, to wait for another mass shooting or something, and I was like, he said I couldn't afford a gun. He goes, I I wanted to kill myself, but I couldn't afford a gun, so I went to the nearest synagogue to wait for the next mass shooting. Unreal! Holy shit! Unreal to say (laughs) that, and then this scene ensues, and he's so. You can tell he has like so much admiration, and the fact that from what I mean, from my research, I sound like I'm a, a yeah. investigative journalist. From what I saw, he actually just found these women. She happened to be a Holocaust survivor, which is absolutely incredible. Like you don't just find a Holocaust no, survivor that's... every now and then. Um, very, very loving, nice person, and mm-hmm. he actually, I think the only time out of the two movies he actually identified himself said hey this is what's going on i just want to let you know i think was yeah. here and I think so that's it yep he told her he was like hey just just so you know this is what i'm doing you know i'm jewish i just want to like bring light to this but i guess kind of rightfully so even though honestly like I thought that they looked so good. I thought that the two women mm. in the, the synagogue, I was like taken back by how nice they were, how loving they were. And um, unfortunately he's being sued by the family of the Holocaust survivor. Unfortunately she passed between the time that they filmed and the time the movie was released. So I guess they're currently in litigation um, that they're, they're trying to sue him for defamation of her. But I think he dedicated the movie to her though. He did. Yeah. yeah. And he, so he uh, like, okay, who cares? Like you I dedicate mean, yeah. the movie to her. I honestly think it's more important that like, she, she looks great. Like, honestly, this is like, you look at religious people. This is what you're supposed to be. Just like, you look at this Absolutely. crazy guy walking in and you're just like, oh, okay, I'm going to talk to you anyways. Well, like, this is what happened. For her to have gone through all that and then to sit down and talk to somebody who looked like him, who was saying the stuff that he did. I mean, that just shows like, there's so there's good people. There's genuinely good people who yep. just want to, you know, like having been through all that, your whole worldview could shift and just, you know, hate everyone. But to come yep. out of that and even see a guy like that coming into the synagogue and just sit down and talk to him 
and convince him mm-hmm. of all this, tell him about all this. And I saw something, I don't know if it's true that they cut it out, but there's scenes of her maybe to, you know, not put this in the movie, kind of just a very different vibe, but there, there might be scenes that were deleted of him actually hearing stories from her of the Holocaust and like what she went through. I think that is true. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I actually haven't seen them, but yeah. Like I think that they, they have a genuine conversation. Cause I mean, look when, again, he is such a introspective good guy. Also, I mean, he's Jewish. So you want to, you want to hear these. Oh, it doesn't even matter if you're Jewish. You want to hear stories from a Holocaust survivor. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, There's no doubt in my mind that he, that's, that's the funny thing is he frames people. He's good at framing people who deserve it in a good light. Oh yeah. And Something that I thought was super, super interesting, and I'm going to shift subjects here, actually. So yeah. do you want to get one more comment in about the Judith? Great lady. Okay, <laughs> great lady. That's it. But yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, so him framing people in good light interests me the most because he ends up quarantining. And I think this is like one of the most impressive things he's ever done. He quarantined with two QAnon people for five days, completely in character. And something that really stuck out to me was it would be so easy to make them look so stupid, like trash them all the time, like say things Mm -hmm. to get them to say things, put them in the movie, make them look like idiots. But something he did, and something he's actually on record saying is he wanted them to not look dumb. He wanted them to literally look like people that are at a disservice. Like there are people that are fed these lies that unfortunately believe it. And he that's, and again, this is a direct quote from him. Um, Not direct, but pretty much he, he basically was like, I want people to see them as kind of like not a charity case, but Oh, it's kind of unfortunately, these are genuinely good people. And they just happen to have been fed this stuff and truly believe it. Yeah. Um, well, there's that, not listening to this. I'm sorry, by the way. Don't. Yeah. Don't come I mean, me. <laughs> <laughs> don't dox him. But there's there's too much disinformation out there where internet literacy comes in nowadays, and just understanding like what's real and what's not versus you know what sources you can try. I don't. I mean, right. there's so few sources that aren't leaning one way or another nowadays. It's it's really a toss up. But there's some that are just so outlandish that it's yeah. almost a disservice in general. It could almost be called fiction. I mean, there's so many people who are just throwing things out there, throwing these things out there, literally typing for clickbait, and then people are just following along so i think that was that was incredible for him to highlight which is a really different thing than the 2006 movie brought up because that wasn't really around at all back then like you had sites it's like a new industry yeah yeah, there's literally like what did you have back then myspace the worst thing you could post on your myspace page was like a photo or like a really bad song that played when people entered exactly like i download this on five friends yeah oh yeah Yeah. great that's like when snapchat best friends were around snapchat best friends like you ruined relationships top three literally destroyed relationships i'm sure (laughs) oh those things were those things were killer can you imagine that being around now those things are deadly yeah no but so those people (laughs) um they were genuinely you, you could tell i mean at least in my opinion again this is all very personal stuff and especially comedy always very personal um i thought that they were 
I thought they were framed as very good people that were just misguided. Um, but then we go to this rally and this is another thing. And it's so funny because now I'm thinking about it, like you heard the news stories that kind of got silenced pretty fast. Um, I remember hearing about this like right wing 3% or whatever rally that got infiltrated by someone. And honestly, all of our first thoughts should have been like, oh, that's Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> we should have been like, oh, there's a bar yeah, like, in, in production. Um, we didn't. At we least I didn't. that though. No, neither but, did I. That was, I mean, yeah. that's nobody's first thought, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> so Honestly, I guess my he, first thought would be Eric Andre going in and being just shoving the long mic in somebody's face like he did with Alex Jones at the RNC, where he's got the yeah. 70 foot mic he's trying to shove it on <laughs> <laughs> It's just so obviously ridiculous. But no, yeah. this one, this one, they, they, basically said that they were a company called back to work USA and they were trying to offer music like as basically a service. They're like, yeah, we'll cover the costs, all that stuff. Um, so he started singing the, the song. I'm like, what are we going to do with Obama? Inject him with the Wuhan virus or whatever. Um, some, some unsavory stuff that those two helped him. Right. And then yeah. um, he actually, it came to blows so much he was wearing a bulletproof vest, but he saw so many people. And this is like a direct quote from him with like yeah. automatic or semi-automatic weapons that he was like, I really got to get out of here fast. Hopped in the security or hopped in the car with security, got out of there. And apparently so many people were so mad when they realized it was fake. They started trying to rip the door open that he was just holding all of his weight against the door. Like they were trying to get in the car and like drag him out, according to him. I mean, obviously, we have we didn't see any of that, but yeah, it's down to is one of the more intense things he's done. Like, I feel Secret like Service, that's... you know, is gonna just take you away. Like those people, yeah. who knows what they'll do? You know, those like they'll kidnap you. Not to say that yeah. they would, but that's similar to what he did at the rodeo in the first one. Very similar, yeah. Very like, similar you, to you like mentioned in the first one, the, the level uh, of like, danger. Just had to get out of there. Like I feel like he learned from there. that for this one. I feel like that's why he had the bulletproof vest on. Cause he learned like they'll fucking kill me. <laughs> they will literally kill me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there were, they showed like a lot of people, a lot of people had weapons there. Um, probably wasn't the, uh, wasn't the best place to be for him, but no. Um, what what'd you think about the guy that was uh, helping him with the faxes, by the way? That, I thought that guy was hilarious, personally. Not like, that he was, wasn't funny, but he was okay. just like a down-to-earth person that was just like, ah, you know. One of the funniest things that I saw in the movie was, number one, I not that I felt bad for the guy, but again, relating it to the first one, that's like the telegram guy who brings him the telegram yeah, that his yeah. wife is dead in the first one. A lot of this, this is guy parallel. is yeah, yeah. A lot of it's parallel. So like, that guy is very similar. That guy only had to read one thing. albeit like, Hey, your wife is dead. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, I think it's very funny using the, using the ploy of the hidden camera yeah. or fake documentary thing. Um, Literally, it's a narrative device. It's like, okay, I don't want to announce this with my voiceover. I want someone to sit there and have to read to me and this read ridiculous it. plot of what's happening. Like, It's the funniest this, thing. This because, is what's going on. This is so prolonged. I think that they saw that that hit with the, yeah. with the Telegram oh, yeah. guy. Like, Let's prolong it. We need to incorporate something like this. And they were like, what can we do where somebody is still physically reading something to you where they have to read it? 
you know? Yeah. Like, and they were like, faxes are still a thing. So they go, the fact that he sent sup at first, like it was a text message conversation was hilarious. And then to go chilling like, (laughs) and the poor guy gets a dick pic over a fax machine. (laughs) And then the next fax. Hey, look, that wasn't a great meant for you. <laughs> no, wasn't was it meant, meant for you? you. Like, do a fax machine is, and I can't imagine being that guy going home that day and being like, oh, like who sends a fax? Well the, well, the funny thing is, so they told him it was for a Russian training video that when they were filming him. And they were like, oh, it's going to be shown in Georgia or Florida or something. They got all of that done. They were there from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And they were just like, just cycling through, cycling through. I think at some point the guy was just like, I'm just going to play along. Like there's there's no reason for me to, you know. Because number one, who else is coming in there and being like, can you send this fax for me? Right, (laughs) right. I don't think he was that busy that day. That's also like the guy um, in the phone store. Oh, God. Yeah. Where, okay, so he he goes figures out what porn is apparently, and then just yeah. goes, I, "I'm gonna take this to the bathroom." <laughs> he's like, he's talking about a dessert, and then you know finds porn, realizes that there's porn. This guy has no clue what to do. Yeah, they uh, so those people actually confirmed that that was real. Like they did not know it was actually. So also another really interesting thing about what he does. So we talked about the QAnon people. We talked about the rally. Those were both around Washington, um, like Mm -hmm. Washington state. Yeah. Then you have those people. The phone store was actually outside of Dallas, Texas. It was a mesquite. I used to live around there. Mesquite. Mesquite. Mesquite, Texas. If if Mesquite. you know, you know from the original you files know, that have since been deleted. You know, you know. Um, yeah, so they there was like a tweet thread that they were like, Yeah, no, we know this guy. This actually happened. He he got trooped like went in the bathroom is just like also he was funny about it because yeah, when you think you're being filmed for a documentary, you're not gonna be pissed. You're just gonna be like, Well, no, that guy's masturbating in the bathroom, it doesn't take it as it is. <laughs> yeah, like I mean and he was in that disguise the whole time, too. The guy's just like, oh, well, what am I going to do? Like, what is he going to if he's on camera? No. He's not going to run to the bathroom and be like, oh, stop it. It's just sitting there. Yeah. Right. Enjoy. Hope yeah. it, praying nobody comes into the store oh, and sees that. Yeah. OK. A just lot of Washington in monitor. this movie, though. Like, oh, OK. That, so that was Dallas. The, is uh, there. Did you find anything about the guy, the initial guy when they got. Uh, his daughter shipped over and she's in the crate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you find anything about the guy who helped him reseal the crate and just left? Did, did I find I, I like because I no, no, yeah, no, no, because <laughs> I want to know more about this man. So, and <laughs> you know what's funny out of everyone that they were able to dig up dirt on, and again, this this is called inexclusive exclusives. This is out on the internet for you to find, but we hope yeah. that you want to hear it in audio format with our takes on it. That guy, who knows? Like, who I knows mean, who that he, guy was? He got away scotch free. Like, I I didn't find anything about him. Out of anyone in one of these movies, that guy was probably like he was on Craigslist. 
And they were just like, hey, can you come open a box? And he's like, I'll come open a box for a hundred uh, bucks. Yeah. yeah. I bet the fat guy probably has a tough go at it. And he was just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't yeah. want to know. I'll get it my was money. Liter- get the the ads literally, yeah. does anyone have a crowbar and wants to come here at 1 p.m.? And he's like, I got a crowbar. The fact <laughs> that he helped him seal it back. That he <laughs> re-put it on. At least I don't got to piss on anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Like that in itself was probably one of the best scenes just because of the realness of the scenario. I almost feel like that guy was in not shock, but kind of a similar thing to shock where it's like, he's like, can you help me reseal this? And he's like, "Uh, okay. Like, (laughs) yeah, that that, that was the first time that that guy's done that. He was shocked for sure. Okay. But talking about the daughter too, the backstory of how they cast her is kind of crazy. Now, yeah, we don't so, know where the auditions were open to or who was able to audition, I, why they were I able to audition. But can almost say confidently it was not the United States of America. Can almost confidently yeah. say that because we would know like, about it. And yeah. she also, so um, Maria Bakalova is her name, right? Baklava. Might have botched that. No. <laughs> I think it's baklava. I think it's like the dessert. Bakalova is yeah, the name. Bakalova. Okay. There you go. Not baklava. Yeah. Bakalova. But you you had a fact about like how so, many oh like how crazy the casting process. Yeah. So right? the the casting itself is insane. So let's just say it wasn't in the U.S. Right. Mm-hmm. There were six hundred people at least that they saw for this role. 600 in like and granted honestly that's that's probably not a crazy number um in terms of huge motion pictures like if it's an open casting call if it's an open casting call i would i honestly think that's probably pretty standard and this that's what it was it was an open casting call and dude when you're talking about the it's an amazon studio it's amazon studio's biggest movie probably to date like yeah that's true other than like jack reacher the series then yeah yeah Screw that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, gym the thing the that office. I find astounding is 600 people. I mean, obviously they had to sign NDAs. Yeah. Again, we, we saw the news stories. I can't believe that we just didn't realize this movie was being made until the trailer came out. Well, that's why it's so great. That's why he's so great at what he does. Yeah. He managed to keep it under wraps while still seeing 600 people for this role. And not mm-hmm. one of them came out and was like, hey, there's going to be a Borat too. Or not, just, one of them was believed. I mean, but let's just call it all that. Now, after everything, she's being like, Sasha Baron Cohen came out and was quoted as saying like, she should get Oscar buzz for this. She like, was she should incredible. Absolutely. Like, co-star is, I obviously have to say. I feel like she's co-lead. Like even, I, I, honestly, she might this be movie, the lead. I was going to say it's it, yeah. you could almost say she's the lead and Sasha Baron Cohen is the supporting. Yeah. Like she well also because like we were saying you you can't just run around with Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat. Like yeah. We've seen it even if he's in disguise you know something's up. If you have this like supposedly 15-year-old girl like there's an innocence yeah. there. They use her so well and she oh, yeah. she steps up to the plate and hits it 405 out of the park like just she unreal. hit it real. 
where the San Francisco team plays, she hit it into the water. She the San Francisco team, the team, the team, go team, go team. Hang go on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The Giants. I know it's the three. Giants. Okay, okay, okay. okay. What's I, mean? I know it's that you're like, like mine must be blanking, but <laughs> no, I knew it was the Giants. I said the San Francisco okay. team, the team, go sports, go sports. Oh, that video lives rent free in my head, but. You're thinking of the New York or the uh, San Francisco football giants. What? San Francisco <laughs> baseball giants. <laughs> the baseball giants. But the baseball giants. she nailed this role. Yeah. I think if anybody is, and also, okay, so the another thing that I learned was that, so she's Bulgarian, mm-hmm. and the one big thing about her is like, okay, she speaks English pretty well. Obviously she's got an accent. She's from Bulgaria. So she had barely been outside Bulgaria before this movie. So they basically took her and thrust her into the most uncomfortable situations possible. Like that you can have in the United States that are politically charged. And she ran with it. She fucking ran with it. Also, what an insight for her to have just like, Hey, this is your first time in America. Well, I don't know if it was her first time, but like one of her first times, um, Like, hey, this is what we're going to do. You're going to be this undercover actress and you're going to see yeah. the craziest of the crazy. Like, you're going to be in Macon, Georgia, doing a fake documentary about this debutante ball and you're just going to yep. show your period to everyone. That's what's going to happen. Yep. Like, okay. No problem. She's like, I'll, so- I'm all in. And the fact that she's all in is another reason why. Okay, I don't know where it goes from here, but if she's not up for some kind of award or anything like that for just the ballsiness of her character yeah. in general, I mean, that, like look, the ballsiness not of her character of herself. There like, you gotta go out many, on a limb. Yeah, there aren't that many movies coming out in general this year. You got to assume she's gonna get the nom. Um, mm-hmm. I I would say so. I I honestly think yeah. literally if, if especially because the way this movie leans. Let's not lie. Hollywood leans that way too. Hollywood, (laughs) especially the Hollywood foreign press, they're like Bulgaria. Ooh, yeah, yeah. She is. She is a very, very good candidate for that alone. But put all of that aside, her performance absolutely Absolutely. deserves it. I think she has such a bright career ahead of her. My goodness, what a performance! Can't say anything better. Um, Listen. We got a lot of Borat stuff yeah. in. Oh, is it Hubby Very time? good movie. It's so I think oh, that is it Hubby time? where do we land? So um amazing. I'm movie. one what of, would you rate I'm it? one over two, but very good. Oh, okay. Out of ten. Let's give it out of ten. Um be be real so, though. Like know your scale. Know your scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying I would put this at an 85, I think. Okay. Um I think. The first one is low to mid nine point. I would say it's like a nine point two or something. If I put that at an eight point five, I'd say the same for the first one, like nine point two, nine point nine point one to nine point three range. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. And then this one, I'd say like eight four, eight five. Okay, so we're literally the same exact way. What um, did you say? You said eight. I think I said eight five. Oh, okay. So we're around the same. I'd say like eight, four. <laughs> yeah. Originally so, I was thinking like seven, solid. nine, but I was like, you got to be above the sevens. Like this movie. Honestly, now that, be a, just for that, Bakalova's a performance alone, it's got to be above an eight. Yeah. Just, I think as we were talking about it, I, I kind of 
not lightened up on it a little, but like, yeah. you know, appreciated um, it more for what it right. is. So, so we hinted in the beginning. I'm gonna yeah. uh, we'll oh, cue some music when we're going too, because I wanna I wanna Billy on the street, Wendy, right here. I gotta Wendy, get ready for Hubie. You gotta Dude. you gotta give me some fast answers. You gotta Do I give get me a dollar? decisive answers. Um, Man, for I a will dollar. not give you a dollar. You will okay. give me a dollar. That's the way it's all. gonna work. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna get this going right here. But okay. first, um. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you some are true. Most are true or false unless I tell you they are. So the first two are true and false. Then it's multiple choice. Yeah, you'll see as it goes. All right. right. Just run it. Just run it. Billy doesn't give any context. I'm ready. Are you ready? First question. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. Are you ready? That's the first one. I'm ready. Go. Yes. Okay. Yes. Tim Meadows refers to him as puby in the first 10 minutes. Yes. True. No, that's false. It's Ray Liotta. Okay, Sandler projectile Uh-oh. vomits while being chased by children driving his car in the first five minutes of the movie. False. First ten minutes. That's false. No, it is the first five minutes he projectile vomits, <laughs> but he does not own a car. He drives a bicycle everywhere. This is multiple choice. He loves soup and is always offering okay. it to people, but his special thermos he made as a kid doubles as A, an umbrella, B, a telescope, C, a torch, and D, a blender. It's got to be a telescope. Okay, all four. That's a trick question. It's all of the above. There's there was Wait, e that what? I didn't talk about. Yep. Um, Why there didn't are you like mention ten e? other things that okay. I didn't mention. That... E. Okay, my my Rudolph's character is used as a narrative device, being a radio announcer throughout the movie. False. Technically true. So it's Maya Rudolph's voice, <laughs> but then you learn in the end that it's actually Shaq, and they use Maya Rudolph's voice over Shaq's voice. Um, what the fuck? Okay. Um, what is this movie? Hubie's mom is the bad one in the end who tries to burn multiple people at the stake because they were mean to Hubie in their childhood. True. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. You are right. Fuck yeah. Okay, true or false? <laughs> There's a B plot between Hubie and his childhood crush who's hot, and they both reveal that they have crushes on each other forever. So Hubie starts making out with the camera lens live, and she makes out with her TV in front of her children, showing the broadcast where his mom almost burned multiple people at the stake. True. Absolutely. Good job. That um, seems way too specific. Did <laughs> not be true. It happened, though. They, they make out with each other. Again, what is you know, this legend movie? To, legend to TV. Um, okay. Uh, that a character escapes from a psych ward in the beginning only to get Steve Buscemi, who apparently broke out before. Who is the actor who broke out in the beginning of the movie? Oh, it's Rob Schneider. It absolutely is Rob Schneider. That Fuck is, yeah! That's a good performance. It is Rob Schneider. So the whole movie it begins and it's like kind of like a Halloween thing. It's like someone breaks out and then he's wearing this pig masks or this pig mask. And then you were like, oh, who is it? That has to be the bad person. So all, also all throughout the movie, these people are getting like pulled out of nowhere. Maya Rudolph, <laughs> Tim Meadows. Um, and you think it's this person. And then Steve Buscemi moves in and he's also like in one of the first scenes. He moves in and is like Adam Sandler greets him. And then all of a sudden Adam Sandler ends up in his house. He's like, oh, if you hear these crazy noises, like, don't worry. Steve Buscemi, uh, you know, covers up his old house with wood, um, finds him. And then he thinks he's a werewolf. Everyone thinks he's a werewolf. Well, guess what? Rob Schneider just came back to get him from the psych ward because it's a psych ward specifically for people who think that they're werewolves. That's the movie. And then you realize Hubie's mom 
tries to burn like five people at the stake. She took everyone. It's in their backyard. She just has like a huge pile of wood is about to light everyone on fire. So I'm so confused by this movie. Yeah, exactly. I feel but like also, I need to watch this. I told you everything you needed to know. Look, okay, yeah. listen, as long as you go into it. And I said With this in the beginning, it's very self-aware. Like, okay. They literally, they gave Adam Sandler the Netflix check and they said, Hey, Adam Sandler, be as Adam Sandler as you could possibly think. Like, I mean, the most Adam Sandler you've ever been in your life and go for God. it. And then he and has he his did. friends along and look, he knows it's a bad movie. He knows it's ridiculous, but guess what? Honestly, I bet kids might like this movie. I, I don't know if it's for kids, but, but I, kids I don't might like it. It doesn't movie. sound like it's for kids. So, I'll tell you the only thing that I found funny the entire movie is his mom actually is it. So she's like, she, who she plays also his is, mom? Uh, she, hang on, give me one sec. So um, I'm, I'm going to look this up as I go through, but she has this, it's kind of like this bit where she goes through like she kind of just shows up and she's talking to him and she has all these uh, shirts that I think she said she got from Goodwill or something, but she doesn't get the references on them. So the first one is like, it says boner garage or something. Okay. So also, so it's June squib. She's like the mom and I don't know everything. Let me see. Um, so June squib is the mom, uh, prolific oh. actress, honestly. Oh yeah. 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 So she's been in she's, everything. Yeah, she's fantastic. So she knows what she's doing. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Oh, oh the, the first shirt that she has is a shirt that says boner donor. And then oh, it says, like, it's like, it's just these random. So this things, is so just, not for, this is like for 12 year olds who are like boners hilarious. You know what? Actually, that's exactly it. And now that, now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, like it is perfect. Like this them. is the but, exact amount of randomness that it's like a 12 year old, 13 year olds. Like this is the best fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. But not even like, I'm telling you, <laughs> so like, um, mention the fitness instructor. She saw, she watched Borat two with me and she, she enjoyed okay. it. But Quite she a literally could not watch. No, I mean, we watched this. I'm not gonna lie. I happened. It just so happened. I ended a show when this movie came out and I was like, you know what? New Adam Sandler movie out. I haven't seen a new movie in so long. Let's watch it. Yeah. It was exactly what you would think it was. <laughs> it, was it was so I'll, I'll run through the Billy on the street questions again. It, it was, Wait, can we tally so, the score? Can we tally the score? I yeah, want to know so what you, I got. Okay. Um, you, you were 0 for 1 on the first one because I said mm -hmm. Tim Meadows says calls him yeah. PB. It's Ray Liotta. Which Ridiculous. Is, how do you get um, that? He projectile vomits when he's driving his car. He doesn't have a car. For some reason, yeah. he only has a bike. 0 for 2. And then you go 0 for 3 because, dude, so he has like 10 things that this thermos – it's the thermos is so yeah. Weird. It's also like a grappling I, hook was, and other stuff. If there was an um, E, I feel like that would have been. Yeah, no, you would have got it. That's I. I messed with you. I Billy in the street did you? Um, exactly, you got me. <laughs> Maya Rudolph's character is used as a narrative device. So she, it's actually, I'm not gonna lie. It, there are some cool like little shots, and it goes over the city, and it's just like, oh, this is gonna be like, a, like this is a spooky Halloween or something like that, and you know cool for what it is and then actually that is something that made me laugh 
he gets to the radio tower and then it's Shaq and you just see Shaq's voice moving exactly to Maya Rudolph's like all right, that would that would make me laugh actually. That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly, that's pretty funny. That would, that would get me. Um, then obviously Hubie's mom is the bad one. We talked about that, and then mm-hmm. oh yeah, so so I got that one. So I'm one for five. Yeah, and then you got the childhood crush thing too. It's just like so three, two he for has six. This, it's it's like this love B plot, and like you got to assume it is. Um, he gets the girl in the end. They they love each the other love forever. Um. The love interest. It's not is, Drew Barrymore, is it? No, no, no. Drew Barrymore is not in this. Actually, okay. she's she got say, left out. That's I every ten saw years. With her though, um, yeah, no, she. Uh, oh, it's Julie Bowen. Um, that's a good casting. Oh, I mean, look, it literally is like, she's hey, great. Have you been in an Adam Sandler movie before? Well, Adam Sandler's your friend. Here, be in this movie. Um, no, Julie I mean, Bowen's the cast is great. incredible. They they got Keenan Thompson then in this movie and he says like two lines. <laughs> I think like does. a total of two lines. He He's literally like, check. get me away from Lauren Michaels for a week and I'm there. Yeah. Um, so that that was a that it was it was what it was. You know, I, yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was because I could look at it and be like, oh, it's an Adam Sandler movie. That's yeah. fun, you know. Um, I'm impressed that I was able to pull the Rob Schneider out of there. I mean, that's not, so funny not really I because in. it's lit. I was gonna say I put that in because it was so obviously Rob yeah, Schneider, but like also that. like that's a pull. That's definitely a pull, like when you're going full speed. But yeah, um, that was Hubie it Halloween could be no one else other than Rob Schneider. Right, right. Um, yeah, Hubie Halloween was what it was. I think it's yep. self-aware. Um, you know, watch it if you feel like it. Go for it. But if not, there's the plot. Everything you need to know was yeah. right there in however long that Billy on the Street took. So I feel like you could still watch it and just, you know, feel the exact same. Yeah. And we needed to say it because it's Halloween. Yeah, so exactly. You know, Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Who knows what anyone's going to do? Probably nothing. But until then, we'll see you at the next episode. I'm Kevin. And I'm Winnie. Group hug in the showers tonight. Oh, no.